The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is December 4th, 2021. Uh, no segments for this episode, just more Florida State football stuff. Um, You know, today we're going to find out if we get the linebacker from Miami, the Saint. Um, as you know, I'm not a big recruiting guy. I don't know anything about this guy. They say he can play. You know my philosophy on recruiting. Wait till you get him on campus and get him into a game and see what he got. Um, so um, just, you know, just looking at him physically, he looks like he would be an upgrade over most of our linebackers. Um, so if we can get him, that would be a tremendous get for us, potentially. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Um, it's about 345, uh, December 4th. He commits at 5 o'clock, and we'll see what happens. Um, I wanted to talk about just the transfer portal and um, the coaching and all that stuff. I mean, can we just call the transfer portal what it is? It's it's free agency, man. And, um, you know, the more and more we try to make college football not a business, the more it becomes a business. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I, I want to venture to say there's something like 3,000 players in the portal. And it's just no excuses for Florida State not to go out here and field a competent team next season. It's just I, I, I refuse to accept that you can't find a power five starting offensive line out of 3,000 players. Okay, Florida State, the name, the logo, still carry some weight. You should be able to get some guys to come there and just have a middle-of-the-pack power five offensive line. And... I just, you know, I listen to other podcasts. I listen to stuff on, you know, the sport networks and about Florida State. And it's just like, am I, are we watching the same games? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, I know these guys, these men that play for Florida State, they work hard, they work out, they study for these games, they, they go all out. But you can either play or you can't play. Okay, and if you look at the offensive line, even when you say, quote unquote, it was at its best and we'll say Notre Dame. Okay, the first game of the season, we'll say the offensive line was at their best. They were getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. 
Okay? I think, like I said before, the game is won and lost in the trenches. Football is about the lines of scrimmage. If you don't have dominant play there, you're, I mean, you, you might win some games. If you have a quarterback like Jordan Travis who can run for his life, you might win a couple of games. Just all, all the games that you won this season is because of Jordan Travis's legs. Let's, let's be clear about that. If there was no Jordan Travis on this team, I don't think, I don't, I, I know this team, this coach would not have any wins. He would have been out already. We would be looking for a new coach if Jordan Travis wasn't on this team. So, to me, I've seen in games where the offensive line has protected well in 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 spots, and he's made money throws. If they can protect him consistently and not make him have happy feet because he thinks when he drops back he only has one second to throw, I think you would, you know, see him evolve as a passer. Um. So just getting back to the transfer portal, I, it's it's so many offensive linemen out there in the portal. I mean, I just think you gotta you gotta find some guys. Um, you know, I give kudos to the coaching staff for keeping the recruiting class together. You know, through the ups and downs of this season, and um, you know, just just. They did a tremendous job on that. Um, and I love the way they've hit the road and they're recruiting and not resting on their laurels. I love it. But now we have to take that and apply it to the regular season. And, um, you know, hopefully we can. Um, I think Florida State is still a premier job. It's not, we don't have the money of some of these other schools. Um, but I, I just think just based on reputation and tradition, we can get guys. So um, we'll see. Um, playoff expansion. Um, I mean, it's going to happen. It's just, it's too much money involved, bro. Once these networks start bidding, it is going to expand. So it's just a matter of it's going to be eight teams or 12 teams. And to me, you know, my thing about football, I always want everything settled on the field. I don't want a committee voting on nothing. Okay. Now, if you do a 12-team format, I think you should have Every conference, group of five or power five, should have an automatic conference champion get into the playoff. I don't care how you seed them and then have two at-large bids. So if you have like a, if you want to put the SEC runner-up in the thing as an at-large bid, cool. If you have a Cincinnati that goes 13-0, and 14-0, and 0, and they don't get in for whatever reason, Okay, the at-large bid for that. But I just want to I just want every team in uh FBS Division 1 to have a shot at the championship. And I think if you go to the 12 team model for the playoff, let everything be decided, let have those 10 
I don't, it'll never happen, by the way. So I, I, but I'll say it. It'll never happen. There's no way they're going <laughs> to risk letting somebody like uh, Boise State or Louisiana or uh, South Florida, you know, just UCF or whoever win the national championship. They're just not going to risk it. And you, I just look at the leaderboards now for the college football, for college football playoff. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. You know, with the exception of Cincinnati, all those schools carry name recognition. And that's what they want. They don't, they, it's just amazing that they put, that Cincinnati is even up there. I, I just, I, I still feel like, if if Cincinnati doesn't come out and play their A game, they're going to put Notre Dame in, bro. And Cincinnati beat them. They're going to put they going to put Notre Dame in there. Um so but like I was saying, the the 12 team format, I would have every conference champion gets a playoff spot and two at large bids. Is basically what I would do. And uh That's it. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Um, the coaching. I mean, I look, they, they showed Lincoln Riley's deal, bro. How can you, how can you say no to that? 110 million guaranteed. They bought up his houses. Uh, he has 24-7 access to a Learjet, a G5. How, how are you going to say no to that? You're in the most fertile recruiting, one of the most fertile areas. I'm not going to say the most because I think South Florida still has it on lock. But one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country, right in your backyard. A 50-mile radius, you have some of the most elite football players in the country. And you you go to a school that has just tremendous football tradition. There, there's no way that he could say no to that. So uh, nothing but respect. Nothing but respect for... um. Lincoln Riley taking that deal, man. And I, you know, Oklahoma has that oil money. And they're they're gonna get a good guy. I mean, to me, if I were them, I would go after the dude Peterson, that was the former Washington and Boise State coach. I think he would be a perfect fit there. I think he would be a perfect fit there, dude. And you just have to put enough money on the table, and he can't say no. But I think he would be an awesome fit. And um, um, your boy, Brian Kelly, going to LSU, I don't blame him. He He's going to get a better, same thing for Louisiana. He's going to get, he doesn't even have to leave the state of Louisiana to get top-notch talent. He can just sit at home and just recruit out of his state. And get very good players. 
So, um, it's just going to be very interesting to see. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to say I was, uh, I've been a closet USC fan, but I followed them for a long time since like Junior Seau and Ronnie Lott and Willie McGinnis and Jason Seahorn and uh, Carson Palmer, Todd Marinovich. I followed USC. And, uh, you know, uh, back when, uh, back in the mid to late 90s, I used to play with them on the uh, NCAA football. I used to play with USC. I used to play with Arizona State. I've always been fascinated with Pac-10 slash Pac-12 football. Um, so I, I just, I think the Lincoln-Riley hire is just a tremendous thing for college football. I think it can just basically, you know, along with the transfer portal, it can create more parity in, in college football in terms of evening out some of this talent that there's there's no way that a tight end from Napa Valley, California should be playing at Georgia. <laughs> I'm sorry. You call it whatever you want. And just the fact that Georgia can go into Napa Valley, California and get a great tight end right up under UCLA nose, right up under USC's nose, it just tells you that. There, there's just no, uh, there was no great coaching recruiting in place at USC, but now you do. Now you have it. So, um, hopefully Lincoln Riley can put a, a blockade around Southern California, and just, you know, the parity in college football can can start. I'm tired of these. I'm tired of Alabama being at the top. I'm tired of Oklahoma being at the top. I'm tired of Clemson being at the top. I just want to see some other teams come up. It doesn't have to be Florida State, although I want it to be Florida State, but I just want to see some other teams come up. So obviously we know now that Crystal Ball is the new head coach at Miami. Mm. I mean... I think with a with a basically a billionaire at your disposal, you know, I don't think <clears throat> you know, not getting to the playoff at least one time with that kind of budget, I just don't see how you're gonna do it in Miami. I think you're gonna get a better quality of athlete, of course. But Oregon has shown that they can go out and get, you know, five stars at a high level also because of money. So I just, you know, with the recent investment that the Ruiz family has made into Miami athletics, I, we'll see. I, I just, I, I still feel like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, they're, they're going to come in there and get whoever they want now because South Florida has been wide open basically uh, for the last 15, 16 years so they you know they've pretty much established pipelines in the south florida it's gonna take years to close those pipelines off and i don't know if crystal ball is that dynamic of a personality that can do that i think he's a great hire i think he's the best coach that y'all have had in you know since 
uh, Bush Davis. But, uh, you know, I don't see Miami just going on a run. You know, 10 games, consistently winning 10 games, yeah. You know, they're going to have the talent to do that. But, um, you know, the job, in my opinion, and it's not because I'm a Florida State fan. It's just how I feel. I I think the jury is still out on crystal ball. But we'll see. Um, So I think uh, all three programs have stability at coaching and uh, now, I, I don't know about Napier. You know, he kind of he kind of lost me with his uh, press conference comments about, you know, getting four and five stars. You know, I thought that was just kind of crazy to say, but, you know, he was a part of that all-star 2015 Alabama staff. And it's just crazy how... Alabama just get coaches and then, you know, they just go on the head coaching job. It just speaks to the great organization that Alabama runs. I mean, you just got to give credit where credit is due. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't think Florida State will ever get to that level. Our boosters ain't strong, ain't rich enough. And, you know, out of these three coaches, I mean – you know, before I pass judgment on Norvell and say something crazy, I just want to see how he closes um, in this recruiting class because there's no excuses in this recruiting class now. You know, you've had basically a regular offseason, um, a regular season, and a regular recruiting season. So this this should yield a top ten class. There's no reason why you can't get top 10 classes at Florida State. So just off name recognition alone. Um, you know, we miss on the Besant kid. I think um, I, I I don't know how we missed on him. I think I think maybe he probably got news that Crystal Ball was coming. And Crystal Ball probably kind of ghost recruited him. So, um, at least you was in the conversation. That's, you know, but ultimately you miss. I think, you know, we needed that kid, you know, just just from a athletic standpoint. Um, we've had a lot of attrition on the roster. I think we're just getting rid of a lot of dead weight. Um, with the exception of Emmett Rice, but out of all the times they, all the time that he's been there, he's only had one, you know, okay season. So, you know, I just hope they can make up the roster attrition in the portal, and just get some quality guys in here that can that can contribute either on the field or in practice and give, you know, the respective offense and first team uh, offense and defense respectively good looks and practices so it can transfer into the games. But you never know. So uh, obviously this was a run-on podcast. 
Um, a combination of a couple of different days. Um, the, the beginning of the podcast was last Saturday when we were waiting on Wesley Besaint to make a decision. And we were, you know, basically waiting for uh, Miami to close on Crystal Ball. So, again, the first part of the podcast, you know, I didn't know those things. Today is Tuesday, uh, the uh, 7th. So, um, hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you for listening. The podcast is available on YouTube um, and on all podcast platforms. Go Knows. Thank you for listening.